Welcome back to the Potluck Podcast. Coming to you from parts unknown, truly. Um, this is unheralded for the for the Potluck Podcast. We're not going to have any ambient noise. I'm going to have Uncle Psalm joining me by phone. Uh, this may, it's, honestly, it may sound too professional, but uh, we're going to try to get through this. Uh, we got a lot to cover. Obviously, we were off last week. We're glad to be back with you, uh, and glad to have another week of uh, commerce football and high school football. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Potluck Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of Commerce Football. Uncle Song, Uncle Song, joining joining me by phone. How we doing? Doing great tonight, Dino. Uh, sitting at the house. It's a little strange being at my house instead of your house recording the show. But um, I'm sitting here looking over the show notes, uh, watching a little Thursday night football, uh, NFL style, uh, getting excited about a Friday night football, high school style. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm on the road here. I'm in, I'm in a hotel room over here in West Georgia, and uh, I, I'm watching, I'm watching Thursday night football too. But I'm on the high school beat. I'm watching St. Francis and, and what was the other one? Venice High School, I think. They're in a commercial right now, so I, I, I can't, uh, I can't see the names. But I will say, there's some pretty good football going on. Uh, it's an annoying thing about Amazon kind of buying the rights to Thursday night football, the NFL. It's fine if I'm at home because I got like a smart TV, I can watch it. But I, I'd, I'd have to basically watch it on my phone when I'm on the road. Yeah. Which is just, I, I'm not doing that. So I just, I just won't see it. And it's a good game. It should be a really good game tonight. Yeah, right now, uh, the Chargers are up 10 zil. What? Ten nail on uh yeah. Oh, it's gonna it's, be it's gonna uh, be a, the end of the second quarter. Second quarter already? Yeah. No second. Last game. No song. That can't be right. Is that right? Yeah, I'm, uh, just under fourteen minutes in the second quarter. Oh, the second quarter just started. Yeah. I thought you said it was about to end. I was like, what? No, no, no. <laughs> Oh man, that had me messed up. We're we're off to a rough start. We were supposed to start recording about thirty minutes ago, forty five minutes ago. I went down there to the to the hotel restaurant, ordered a uh, ordered a burger, you know, and fries. I was like, I'll be back up in like ten minutes. Won't be a big deal, you know. And here we are, thirty minutes later. So we're 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 in a hole. We got to dig ourselves out of a hole. So we didn't have a show last week, and now we're now we're digging ourselves out of a hole. What do you think? Hey. We got to dig ourselves out of a hole, just like the Commerce Tigers trying to dig themselves out of a hole two weeks ago. What a transition. Tell, tell us all about it. And we had Commerce welcoming in the Hebron Christian Lions back on September 2nd. Uh, the first Friday night in September was a wet one, and that didn't bode well for the Commerce Tigers. I don't know if you guys remember or not, but it, there was some torrential rains in uh, Jackson County back two weeks ago 
And uh, that led to some problems for Converse. Uh, after two untimely fumbles, the black and gold found themselves down 12-0, to zero, just 89 seconds into the game. Hebron Christian's senior quarterback, Gavin Hall, capitalized on two early Tiger mistakes, a muffed opening kickoff and a fumble at the mesh point, and scored two rushing TDs. The line PATs were no good. Commerce did respond, though, to our credit, and by the legs of sophomore tailback Jaden Daniels and good blocking from a senior-laden offensive line, the Tigers found themselves in the end zone twice in the first quarter. You got any thoughts there, Dino, on the opening start uh, to Commerce Hebron? Well, put ourselves in the in behind the eight ball right right out right out of the bat. So that was no that was no good. I, mean, I remember turning to you and and saying something along those lines too. Like when they went down, you know, two scores with just eighty nine ticks off the clock. I was like, it's, it's gonna be a long it's gonna be a long road to try to get back in this one. But we did. Well, like nobody was making a sound in the stadium at that time either. Um, so into the first quarter, Commerce is uh, down. Um, Hebron in the no Commerce is down twenty seven to fourteen at the end of the first quarter after Hall added another two scores. Um, also, another 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 quick thought was Gavin Hall is really good. Yeah, man, he can't uh, really throw that well, but he he can improvise and he can run. Really good on the ground, and we we heard an interesting tidbit about him that week. Uh, he is a senior, and he's been at four different high schools in his four years of, of high school. Uh, I think he started out at Walnut Grove, then was at Loganville, mm-hmm. then George Walton, and now Hebron. Yep. So pretty wild, uh, wild path there for him. But uh, he did play well, and so did Commerce in the second quarter. Um, Jaden Daniels broke free again for his third touchdown. And before we knew it, junior quarterback J.P. Allen involved with a 74-yard touchdown on an op- option keeper. So uh, Commerce ended up leading late in the second quarter, 28-27. to 27. And at that point, we were feeling really good, right? Yeah, I mean, we are back in the game after one quarter. Yeah, felt pretty good. And uh, – but unfortunately, that lead didn't last long uh, – all in the lines answered once more, and Commerce trailed 34 to 28 at the half. Uh, the second half was a lot slower than the first. Uh, that first quarter was exhausting. Um, and it was highlighted by the early excitement of offensive success for Commerce and a nice 48 yard touchdown run from Jakari Huff. But after two final Hebron scores, Commerce' hope of victory faded into missed opportunities and an ever-ticking clock. Final, Hebron, 48, Commerce, 34. Any final thoughts there, Dino? <sighs> Commerce's hope of victory faded, just like the tie, the uh, the eyes of the tiger there in the, in the end zone. Just faded, faded, never to be seen again. Never be seen again? 0-2. Oh. 0-2, Commerce goes without the tiger eyes. So I have heard a little bit of news. Oh gosh! What did you hear? What did you hear? So, uh, this past Friday night, 
I went to the Jefferson at Oconee County game. And it was interesting because there was like, a contingency of commerce people there, uh, presumably to watch Sammy Brown. Um, and one of them was uh, radio and uh, Bobby Redman. Uh-huh. And so we were talking, and I was asking, I was like, so what's going on with Tiger Eyes? And uh, apparently the sign that is over the Tiger sign, the vinyl sign, doesn't line up with the green eyes. Like the eyes. (laughs) So they're supposed to have a guy come and fix it, but he he was supposed to come before the first game. Or like before the, the Murphy game. Or the Hebrew game, the second home game, but he didn't show. So I don't know if they'll be back this year, but I think they'll be back in the future. Is he from Jefferson, the guy that's supposed to fix it? <laughs> Probably. Uh, also, are, are we going to talk about the punt formation offense? Are we going to talk about that or no? Well, I think that was pretty frustrating. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we have to talk about it, right? That was like the that was like a major storyline. Yeah, that. So you want to talk about? You want to tell the listening audience what happened? It's it's really hard to explain. I mean, if you if you if you didn't see it with your own eyes, right? Right. I mean, I, I think you can start in the early fourth quarter. Commerce and Hebron were tied at thirty four, and yes. Commerce drives down the field, or no, Commerce scores, and then Hebron. Uh, scores right back and it's 41 to 34 and then we get the ball but we can't score and time's running off the clock so Hebron gets the ball back again and they score and we realize that we're not gonna score from our base offense we're not moving fast enough what was that we're not moving fast enough we we we, we, there's no there's no like uh it seems like the you know the Big Ben of old just is is not there. Yeah, like uh, we were kind of clocking it, and it took anywhere from thirty to thirty-five seconds to get one play. So we just ran out of time at the end of the game, and our answer was to line up, put Colson Smith in there at uh, at punter, and line up in our unconventional punt set. And run fake punts for the last three or four minutes. <laughs> well, maybe not that long. Maybe like two minutes. It was yeah, and it wasn't fake punt. I mean, it 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 was punt. It seemed like it was punt formation, but I think no one. I don't think either team thought they were going to punt. So it was almost like, here here's our best arm. Let's just let's just. I I I don't know. I've never I've never. I'm sure there's a perfectly reasonable explanation, right? Don't you think? It just seemed like we weren't prepared for that situation. It was bizarre. Uh, it was bizarre. And that, that was the number one talking point from people that were texting me in, uh, in our group text and then uh, otherwise on Twitter. Um, uh, do we want to go some, with some stats? Yeah, so uh, Jaden Daniels had a really big night. Uh, he had 233 yards and three touchdowns, uh, touchdown runs of 50 63 and 66 yards uh, that brings him up to 425 yards on the season hmm. with seven touchdowns 
Um, earlier in the week, the Georgia High School Football Daily Newsletter uh, highlighted not only da uh, Daniel's runs on the ground, but the work of the offensive line. So uh, I guess this was back last week. They recognized Commerce as one of the offensive lines of the week. Tigers ran for 468 yards with uh, an 11.1 yards per carry. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, and, and the offensive line has done a pretty good job this season. Um, you know, we've lost some games, but we've been able to move the ball pretty well in every game. Um, what you got there for – you want to talk about Gavin Hall's final stat line? That's pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, first of all, Venice just scored to go up 13-3. to or no, sorry, St. Francis. St. Francis of Maryland, they scored. Venice, Venice, Florida looks a little – I don't know, they don't, they don't look very good. So, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens with that game. Um, <laughs> what were you asking? Uh, Gavin Hall, yeah, 360 yards, 23 carries, six touchdowns. Yeah, that's like video game numbers there. They also <laughs> beat uh, Morgan County this past weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I saw that, which uh... – Morgan is triple A and Hebron's triple A now too. So that that might be a matchup we see further down the road again in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, then Commerce was off last week. Commerce and, was off last week, but we can get into some uh, other review action. Um, so again, we did miss. <clears throat> Whoa. Oh, catching my throat. We did, we did miss week three, so we'll go through week three and week four. Uh, we'll start up top. Buford, 21-14 to over North Cobb. A pretty good game, Son. Justice Haynes rushes for 202 yards and three touchdowns, uh, and his final score lifted him over North Cobb with 42 seconds left. Yeah, I remember hearing about that one on the scoreboard uh, show after the game. And Buford, I think, is just really thankful to have Justice Haynes. I'd say so. The Gainesville Red Leghorns, still undefeated. Uh, week three, they defeated um, – that was Clark Central, correct? Week three? No. So, week three was Monroe area, and then Clark Central was last week. Got it. I'm, I mixed them up. Gainesville 23-13 to over uh, Monroe, and then Gainesville 43-20 to over Clark Central. Uh, Gainesville did score 36 unanswered points after Clark led early three – to nothing. How about the Leghorns, huh? Yeah, they are looking good. I mean, I knew Gainesville, after we talked in the offseason, I knew Gainesville was going to be good this year, but I did not. I didn't think they'd be this good this fast. They are good this fast. How about the Apple Knockers up at Habersham Central? They had a bye week in week three, and then last week they were defeated by Central Gwinnett, 28-14, to as eight-point favorites. Yeah, Central Gwinnett has also had a surprising season. I was reading uh, this week, they're undefeated for the first time in a long time. They're sitting at 4-0, uh, which was kind of surprising. Crazy stuff. Uh, Jackson County Panthers were in action against Central Gwinnett uh, in week three, and they uh, they lost that one, uh, close game, 17-13. to Then they also lost to Mountain View, 24-17. Seemed like things maybe, maybe – uh, there's some decent results, but you're not getting the wins over there in uh, in Jackson County. Yeah, uh, they they've lost three games by one score. 
which is strange because we call I that mean, the Scott. We call that the uh, we we call that the Scott Frost. That's what that's what we call. <laughs> Flowery Branch, the Falcons. They were off on week four, but in uh, in week three they did play Stevens County, and Stevens County put a little licking on them. Saw them twenty-seven to eleven. Yeah, and Flowery Branch was favored uh, thirteen points in that game. Uh, Stevens has a great running back uh, who has kind of burst on the scene. Javon Gordon, he rushed for 138 yards and two touchdowns on 20 carries in that game. And then Cameron Lacey, who's been on the scene at least since last year, over there had a kickoff return for a touchdown too. Cameron, don't call me Cameron. Is that was that was that the? I guess so. I, I didn't even realize that. It I think it, I think it's Cameron. Uh, but no, I've, we've heard from uh, various reports on Twitter that Stevens County is strong, strong yeah. this year. Uh, moving on down to the Jefferson Dragons. Jefferson twenty three to zero over St. Pius in week three. So got back on track there. Uh, Sammy went for 103 and a touchdown. Um, defense was good, held St. Pius to 157. And then last week, Song, tell us about it. You were there. Yeah, uh, I had a whole crew went over to Oconee County in Watkinsville, and uh, we watched the, Walk- the Watkinsville Warriors and the Jefferson Dragons uh, play on TV. They had some TV timeouts there. It's a real uh, defensive slow fest. Uh, the score was, like I said, nine to seven, and uh, O'Connor did not score a touchdown. All those points came on field goals, and they missed one. Uh, Jefferson did have one score, but uh, it was just a back and forth game. Um, really, what lost the game for Jefferson is they couldn't keep contain on the edge, and uh, they they have good coverage, and the quarterback would be waiting and waiting and waiting, but Jefferson would ultimately bring pressure, and then he'd just scramble, and he'd pick up 20 yards on a scramble or something like that. Uh, and Jefferson had a chance late. Elijah DeWitt, uh, number two for Jefferson, a senior wide receiver, had a really big game. Uh, he had 113 yards receiving on six receptions. But this last drive was like a DeWitt special. Um, but they, Jefferson got all the way down to like the Oconee 40, and – I think they were going for it on fourth down, and one of the linemen jumped. Mm. So it was pretty much the last nail in the coffin there. Um, but Oconee County looks pretty good. I mean, their record would indicate so. I'd say their best two players are probably Whit Weeks, who everybody knows is the LSU commit, and then their middle linebacker, number seven, Sampson Stearns, he's pretty good too. Uh, both of them lay a lick and play really hard. Samson Stearns, great name. What's up with the uh, LSU pipeline out of Oconee County? Did you get you got you got any uh, got any reads on that? Uh, you think it had something to do with Brad Johnson? Maybe. I don't know. It seems like everybody goes there. Uh, Sammy Brown at twelve carries and fifty-eight yards. He was injured. Is that right? Yeah, Sammy had uh, something on his ankle. He had one real good run that got him down there uh, for that touchdown, but he didn't look like the Sammy Brown that we saw two years ago at Commerce. Uh, he just he seemed gimpy, and uh, just 
he didn't have that burst of speed, and I think it was probably due to his ankle. Hmm. Uh, let's stay in 5A. Let's talk about the Double G Dogs over in Winder. Uh, they were 33-2 to winners over Salem. And then they dropped a tough one to Peachtree Ridge by 14, 35-21. to um, Game was tied 21 in the third quarter. Peachtree Ridge closed out the game with two unanswered touchdowns, and it gave the Double G Dogs their first loss on the season. Yeah, Winder's been real fun to cover this year because – I, I like it when a team that's been struggling really breaks through. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the guys that's really been doing that for them is a running back named Tyreek Hall. So, similar to Tyreek Hill. Almost. Almost. Uh, go ahead. No, I was just saying almost. Almost Tyreek Hill. Almost. But he had a really good week against Salem. Uh, 214 yards rushing on 18 carries, three touchdowns, and – through week three for the season, he's got uh, 637 yards. So, real great numbers from Tyree. Uh, probably their best player over there in Winder. Big shout out to the Double G Dogs. Um, yeah, I'm proud of the Double G Dogs. They've been able to uh, put together a pretty good year so far. So, hopefully the uh, that game doesn't set them back too far. Let's move down to – uh, 4A, and let's move to Uncle Psalm's Nightmare. The Madison County Red Raiders, they were off in week three and dropped an absolute heartbreaker to Cherokee Bluff, 20-19. to 19. You may have saw the video on Twitter. We can, we can still neither confirm nor deny if that was, in fact, Uncle Psalm in the end zone trying to fight referees. Uh, there's some ongoing uh, legal litigation that we're trying to battle right now, so we cannot, we cannot comment on that. Uh, Psalm, do you have any comment on the Red Raiders? Well, I was in Watkinsville this past Friday night, so if I got up there, it would have had to have been pretty quick. That's our alibi. Uh, North Oconee, the Titans. North Oconee, uh, and w- they were off in week four. They played South Forsyth in week three, and they only won by one, seven to six, blocked a PAT, uh, and then a field goal later in the game as time expired. Um, first ever win against a 7A opponent. South Forsyth typically isn't that good, but a much bigger school, though. Yeah, I think uh, South Forsyth is strong this year, though. Really? Uh, yeah, because when I was looking at that game, I went back and looked at their record, and they were they were better than I thought they were. Hmm. Okay, moving to AAA, the Franklin County Lions. Good goodness gracious. Um, where do you, what do you say? Uh, Lumpkin County beat them 48 to nothing. Banks County beat them 43 to six. Yeah. I, I mean, know, I, mean really, I don't know what to say. talk about Franklin County, you want to talk about the other schools <laughs> because Lumpkin beat Franklin. They're off to their best start since 2003 or excuse me, since, uh, yeah, after they beat Franklin since 2003 and then last week they beat Temple. 27 to 20 and have a 4 0 start. That's their best start since 1988. Wow. Yeah. And then Banks is off to a 3 0 start. Uh, they were only a six point favorite over Franklin and beat them by 37. Uh, senior running back Andrew Shockey had a lot to do with it. On the year, he has 70 carries. For 677 yards and 10 touchdowns through three games. Saw a little bit of film on this young man, and 
there's there's a reason why he's got that many orbs. He looks like a good player. Um, real tough to bring down, quick. Uh, I mean, just breaks a ton of tackles, which the film I saw was against Franklin County, and we had word from our correspondent over there in Bold Springs, uh, school resource officer Jacob Hill, Tater, owned by his friends, uh, says that Franklin County is starting 11 freshmen on defense. Them boys are going to be battle-hardened in four years. Just give them time. Uh how about how about Lumpkin County? Just Delonica, they found another. They found this another gold rush up there. It is. It is. They, who would have thought that Heath, Heath Webb would have been the prospector to find Delonica Gold? I think he's he's kind of like he's kind of like the Coach O. You know, you know how Coach O in college football, he's like the uh, the interim coach that comes in and fires everybody up and wins like six more games. Yeah, turn, but I turn. don't see him as like a Coach O type. Accent guy. Oh no, he's definitely not that. Definitely not that. Triple uh, A. Let's talk a uh, Hart County Bulldogs. They were twenty-eight to seven winners over Appalachia in Week Three, and then they got smoked uh, by Daniel of South Carolina, thirty-eight to seventeen. Daniel is a back-to-back South Carolina Triple A state champs. Um, Oconee County. Uncle Solomon talked about uh, the Jefferson game already, but in week three, they beat uh, Taylor Seals boys. The the, the Seals uh, contingent down there in Putnam County uh, blanked them 20 to nothing. It did not cover, though. So shout out to Putnam County. Great teams. Uh, good teams win. Great teams cover. Uh, moving along to Stevens County, the boys that we uh, we mentioned already looking strong this year. We had uh, Garrett Rowland from White County was on the ground uh, at Dawson County, and the, the Stevens County Indians stomped them out 38-10. to 10. Uh, they've, they've cracked into the top 10 song. How about Stevens? Yeah, for the first time since 2016, which might have been right at the end of Ben Cleveland's tenure. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, eight, AAA, as always, is going to be interesting. You got Hart, Oconee, Stevens, Monroe and Hebron in that region this year. So somebody is not going to make the playoffs, and that's going to be a really good team that doesn't make the playoffs. Poor Franklin County. Yeah, Frank. Yeah, that's that's rough. That is a that is going to be a tough, tough scene for them. Wow. Uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I think Stevens County wins that region. How about that, Song? How about that? That's that's a really great uh, prediction. How about that? Hope the folks at home are are awake now, baby. White County, they were off last week in week four. They beat Chester T 34-7. So it seems like White County is having a good year, a good White County year. Yeah. Yeah. They might be back. Uh, Moving down now to AA, the Athens Academy Spartans were ousted by Prince Avenue 48-14 in week three. Three and then they uh, bounced back with a thirty-six to twenty-two win over Mount Pisgah. Where Mount Pisgah was favored by one. Any comments on the Spartans' song? Yeah, uh, Athens Academy had an early lead in that Prince game, and then they gave up forty-eight unanswered points. Uh, that happens when you play Aaron Philo, one of the best quarterbacks in the state. Certainly one of probably the best underclassman quarterback in the state. I think. 
probably between him and the fellow over at Carrollton. Yeah. But uh, Prince in that game kind of ironically gained 666 total yards offense. Oh. Uh, but after the this mark game, of the devil. Back, I, I really thought Mount Piskin was going to beat him. But uh, Sam Bush proved that he's a pretty good player and accounted for three total touchdowns over there uh, for the Spartans. Prince Avenue, Mark of the Devil confirmed. Uh, Banks County Leopards, 21-14 to over Oglethorpe, and then 43-6 to over Franklin County into the, what, now the third week of September, and the Banks County Leopards haven't lost a football game, so. You're going to have free dinners over there at the Tiny Town Restaurant. I'm telling you, they are they are on the loose. Look out, East Jackson uh, got got on got on the W column. Th- uh, Twenty six to nothing over West Hall. West Hall is sixteen point favorites. What do you say, Sal? Yeah, uh, this fellow Gary Maddox. He's a running back, linebacker, two way player over there for the Eagles. has has made a name for himself this season. Uh, it's kind of like Andrew Shockey over there at Banks County. I don't think a lot of people. Um, outside of his school, we probably would have known his name before the season. But uh, he scored two touchdowns in that Eagles' first win against West Hall. Uh, and they were off in week four. Yeah, Gary is also uh, on the basketball team. I, I know Gary just threw, uh, threw Tyler Gamble a little bit. He's a good, good kid. He's got really long hair, great locks, great locks going on. Uh, Union County – Panthers, the Panthers, forty-nine to seven over Towns County in Week Three, and then forty-two to ten over Armurchy in Week Four. Um, is this where we kind of bring up the Mountain League power rankings? We're probably going to save that for later in the show, huh? Yeah, I think we save it for a, a bit later. The good old boy league. Uh, let's go to Single A D two. Lincoln County got crushed by ECI. Um, I guess you could say crushed. It was 41 to 27, um, where they were a favorite by four points. The Lincoln County gave up 185 yards and four touchdowns to ECI's PJ Furman. Lincoln was off last week, so both teams this week will go into uh, go into this game with a, a little bit of chance to rest. Yeah, I was doing some research on Lincoln County for the Commerce game this week, and I read where Lincoln County has only given up. 41 points at Buddy Buford Field 10 times in 100 years of football since 1922. Wow. So that's a pretty big statistic. Wow. That's insane. Uh, Do we know what kind of offense ECI is running these days? No. I hadn't seen any film on them. Huh. I wonder if they're still kind of doing the same old, same old. Like they did back in the way Sean Ely days. I'm sure they are. Uh, Towns County Indians. We talked about them getting crushed by Union County. They were off last week. Washington Wilkes, the Blue Tigers. They were 41 to zero win uh, winners over Glen Hills, the apartment complex there. And then uh, they were 14 to two winners over Georgia Military Prep. So shout out to Georgia Military for getting a safety. Washington Wilkes is number eight uh, as of as of as of right now in the single A D two rankings. Anything about the uh, Washington Wilkes Blue Tigers song? Yeah, they were favored last week by thirty three points, and they only won by twelve. So I don't know if that's a little bit of uh, bias against Georgia Military in in the Maxwell system, or 
I, I don't know if Washington Wilkes might be a little weaker than we thought. We'll definitely see this week when they play over. But uh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, let's do a quick highlight of some movement in the single-A D1 top ten. Uh, number nine, Metter, lost on the road to uh, number four in double-A Pierce County, so they fall out of the rankings. Elbert County does move into the top ten, so our region has a top ten team in the rankings in Class A D1. Uh, obviously, Elbert County is off to a great start, and they won 27-21 to 21 over Harlem. Um, Raven's up there, too. We got two in the top. True, yeah, Raven. Raven's been 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 up there, so we yeah that was a we do have two uh, now. Brooks County loses to Cook thirty two to twenty eight, which was kind of a wild upset. Brooks County was nineteen uh, favored by nineteen points. They led twenty eight to thirteen in the fourth quarter. So shout out to the Falcons there. Brief shout out to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Brooks falls to number six in the rankings. Blackley County moves up to fourth after they had an off week, so they're kind of taking the place of moving up because of Brooks there. Everyone else remained pretty much the same. In week four, everybody stayed put in the top ten. No one loses and no one moves. Notable wins, number seven, Whitfield Academy, 42-7, to all over Wesleyan. Uh, they were only a six-point favorite, so Whitfield Academy with another statement win. We've talked about them a lot, so uh, they, they definitely got something going there. Number six, Brooks County 49, Mitchell County 12 last week. Uh, that's a rivalry game. Brooks County was favored by 35, so Brooks leads that series now 27 to 23 overall. Number one, Prince Avenue was in action against Monroe, 29 to 20 winners. So they didn't cover. They were favored by 14, but still a pretty decisive win. Uh, for the Wolverines, even though it was their first single-digit win since 2018, which is crazy. Um, Uncle Saul. Out of all that, I just ran through in the in the speed the speed uh, speed segment there. What 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 uh, what notes do you got from all that? Um, I, I think that Elbert's rise to the top ten is is one of the top stories in our division right now in our classification. Probably yeah, stop, yeah, one of the top stories in Northeast Georgia, I'd say. Right. I mean, they they've got a back named Quan Moss, who if you went to the game in the Grand Bowl last year, you remember him. I'm pretty sure he had a good night at, against Commerce last year, but he rushed for 154 yards and a touchdown against Harlem. But he's had a good season, the the, or he's had a good uh, good run this whole season. Uh, they get a good quarterback, young quarterback over there too. Uh, and then that Brooks Mitchell game is kind of a crazy series. Um, Mitchell, it. Or Brooks has beat Mitchell for the 13th straight time, but Brooks only leads the series 27 to 23. So that used to be a rivalry that Mitchell dominated. Bro- uh, since uh, Coach Freeman has been down there at Brooks, it's been all Brooks. That's what I was about to say. Brooks didn't start bringing that hammer until he got there. <laughs> Quickly into uh, our region, we've only, only team we haven't talked about is Athens Christian. They were defeated by Tattnall Square, uh, the dancers. 64 to 37, and then they were off in week four. Any comments on Athens Christian? I think that shows you a lot about the Eagles there uh, losing that game to Tattnall Square. Um, I don't think Athens Christian is as strong. They, they look like they might be the, uh, the fourth seed in 8A to, to earn a class, whatever our region is. I can't even say it. Uh, but They'll be back in action, I think, again this 
this week against Providence Christian. So, All right, before we get into the week five preview, let's dive into our uh, as of through week four, our make-believe Mountain League power rankings, the good old boys league, the good old boys classification, if they broke off from the GHSA. This yeah, is- I'm having a lot of fun with this. Uh, the last show that we recorded, we talked about like what would happen if the mountain schools just formed their own league. And I, I sat down and like thought of who all it would be. North so of 85, like- north, north of Highway 20, north of 85. Did we? And, co- then, and then 75 was the cutoff, right? West? No. So uh, I cut off at the Gilmer and Pick. Anything west of Gilmer and Pickens was not included. Okay, so we kept it. We kept it northeast and north central. Yeah. So first off, in the power rankings, you have from our region the Raven County. Shoot, what's their? Uh, <laughs> well, we're off. We're off to a hot start. We're off to a hot start. 3-0 and in Tiger, uh, followed by the really strong Stevens County Indians. If you recall, they only have one loss, and that loss came to Raven. Uh, they're from Region uh, 8 AAA, 3-1. Uh, they lost to Raven 14-7. Is that right, Dana? 14-7. So a real close game between one and two. And then in the number three spot, not many years removed from losing every single game, are is Lumpkin County uh, from Region 7, AAA, with a hot 4-0 and o start. And I probably wouldn't put them that high, except they beat Temple last week. Are they, are they Indians, too? They are. Why? Why aren't they minors? They should be, or uh, just the Lumpkin County gold, or like Nuggets or something. Gosh, that's that's a big missed opportunity by them. I'm disappointed. Uh, number four in the power rankings is Dawson County. Uh, Dawson County's the Tigers. They're also in that same region as Lumpkin, uh, two and two. Habersham Central, the Apple Knockers, check in at the five spot, all the way up in six A. See, Son, I, I, Son, Son, I think that's where I, I may, I may think White County's a little better. You got White County six. So, the, listen, the only reason, because I, I wanted to put White County up, but the only reason I put White County below Hab Central was because they lost to the Apple Knockers head to head. Well, that's true. That's true. Uh, so. You got five, Habersham Central, six, White County, uh, seven, Gilmer, who's off to a hot start, three and one. We haven't talked much about them since uh, week one when, after we played them in the scrimmage in the preseason, but they, they've had a really successful start. Uh, Union checks in at eight. Union has also had a really good start. Banks at nine, undefeated. Uh, the only reason I put – Union ahead of Banks is I don't think that Banks has played the competition that you mm-hmm. um, Then you got North Hall, the Trojans, 0 for, 0 for 3. Uh, Fannin, who lost to Union, 
one and two, Towns, who's one and two, and then Pickens, who is zero and three down there in the thirteenth. There's spot. no, there's no way Pickens is worse than Towns. <laughs> They're zero and three. Towns beat uh, our merchant. Oh, song. Pickens lost hard. They lost hard to a lot of folks. I, to three teams. I can't remember which teams they lost to, but. They lost pretty bad games. Well, either way, I love this league. Uh, let us know what your rankings are. Uh, what, you know, let us know on Twitter. Let us know in person uh, where, where we mess up. I think this is a pretty good list, though, Song. I think this is a this is a solid list. This is a start, solid foundation. We'll keep updating the Mountain League power rankings uh, as we go along. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I thought that uh, it's something that nobody else is doing. One hundred percent. Pickens lost to Fannin. And they lost thirty-eight to twelve. How did Pickens? I, I could have swore they were on the up and up after last year. But they looked like world beaters against us last year. Maybe that says something about us at that time. Uh, let's move into the week five preview. Hard to believe it is week five, but here we are, song week five uh, around the area. Let's get right into it. Number one, Buford. Our three and O, they're thirty-seven point favorites taking on Triple A Carver Atlanta. Just the second meeting between the schools. Buford won at home in twenty twenty by a score of thirty-nine to six. I think probably something similar uh, will happen again. What do you think, Uncle Song? Well, I think that Carver's probably a pretty good team, but I was reading earlier today, and this is a game that they had to schedule because no one else would play them. And it's like Buford was the only team that they could possibly schedule. And Buford needed a game, too. So, it just happened. Uh, maybe maybe they'll learn something. I think they got to play some pretty tough competition like uh, Sandy Creek later in the season, too. So, it'll prepare them for that. Moving down the list, the the uh, the Leghorns, the Red Leghorns, they are on the road at Appalachia. They're thirty five point favorite. Just the first region game uh, for Gainesville. Both uh, both teams are on opposite ends of the spectrum here. Um, I think this one's going to be a blowout, um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Habersham Central, the Apple Knockers, are on the road at Precise Central. So we got the battle of the Centrals here. Uh, the Apple Knockers are ten point favorites. You think they're going to knock them out at home? It's I a, think so. It's apple I season. It is apple season. Uh, Jackson County is taking on North Forsyth. North Forsyth is an 11-point favorite. What do you think about that one, Song? I think that Jackson County stays in the lost column. Oof. I think it'll be another close game. Whew. Building something, maybe. Getting battle scars. In 5A, Clark Central's taking on South Forsyth. Lots of Forsyth. Forsyth just taking on Northeast Georgia over here. Uh, South Forsyth is an 11-point favorite. This is the first meeting between Clark Central and South Forsyth. Gladiators are trying to bounce back, Song, after a rough night over in City Park. Uh, South Forsyth's one loss came against to uh, North Oconee in Week 3. What do you like about that one, Song? I think this might be another blowout. I think that uh, Clark Central might lose big here. Maybe like more than two scores, I would say. Wow. Okay. Uh, this is a this is a Gwinnett County game here. Flower Branch and Lambert is Lambert. Lambert's in Gwinnett County, right? Has to be. This seems okay. like the most Gwinnett County game that can possibly happen. Even though Flower Branch is firmly in Hall County. 
Would you agree yeah, with that? I don't know if the branch boys win that one either. Lambert's already three and zero and a sixteen point favorite. I bet I would not like a single person at that game. Uh, <laughs> I could not go to that game. Uh, number ten Jefferson. They are off this week, uh, resting up a little bit after a tough one. Winder Barrow is on the road at Loganville. Gosh, a tough one for the Double D Dogs. What do you think, son? Yeah, Loganville is a 25-point favorite. I think Loganville will, will win this game, but I don't think it'll be by 25. I think it'll be a little closer. Uh, for reference, in week one, Winder Barrow beat Appalachie 23-7. to uh, Loganville beat Appalachie last week 38-0. to It's not always the best plan to compare scores like that, but uh, I think Winder Barrow is tougher than the spread gives them credit for. Speaking of the spread, giving somebody credit, North Oconee is at home against Sons Mad Cow Red Raiders, and they are a 35-point underdog. Song, what do you got to say? I think for the second week in a row, the spread might be right. Oh. County Red Raiders. Oof. North Oconee's good. Not that Madison County's bad, but North Oconee, I mean, they're the second-ranked team in Quad A this year. It's a good school. Yeah, they are They are solid. Uh, down in AAA, Franklin County and East Jackson. Oh, my word. Whew, Franklin County's on the road at East Jackson. East Jackson is a 14-point favorite. I cannot believe this game. <laughs> you ain't going to be able to tell anybody anything in Nicholson Saturday morning. I mean, they're going to be so fired up. Cabin Creek's going to be buzzing all week. They've only beaten Franklin once out of ten times. They've played every year since 2012. Oh, no. This game is going to be so bad, Son. They're going to run the score up. (laughs) I cannot believe they're playing that game. Somebody call that off. So somebody needs to, somebody y'all just need to not do that. Hart County is playing St. Francis. Hart County is a three-point favorite there. Oconee County is on the road at Burke County. Burke County is number eight in Quad A. What do you think about that one, Song? Oconee County really went out and scheduled some uh, non-region games this year. Uh, Burke is a nine and three quarterfinals team from twenty twenty one. I. It's a long ride. Burke is down around Savannah, right? No, it's it's more like Augusta. That ain't too bad. Okay. So, maybe a a two-hour drive for the Warriors. Maybe. Probably more like an hour and a half. I like Burke here. I don't don't know by how much, but I think they win. Burke County, Waynesboro, uh, the uh, bird dog capital of Georgia, maybe the world? I don't know. I remember seeing it on our water tower a lot when I would drive through there on the way to Georgia Southern. Doc might know that. Doc might stop us on the way when we're on the way to our seats and tell us about Waynesboro, the bird dog capital of the world. Um, or Georgia. Can't remember. Uh where where were we? White County on the road at Stevens County. Wow, this the Mountain League game of the week. It is. This is a big one. Stevens is twenty seven point favorites. Song. What do you think? What blows my mind is that these teams have only played six times. That like, is crazy. How, how is this not an every year game? 
Like Cleveland versus Tacoma. That, that should be a natural rivalry. Does Habersham separate them? They don't border ever, ever do they? No. But Habersham – Habersham's like Hall County is there, but like – They're a little too big to be featured with the Stevens and the, and the, and the Whites. Yeah. Like culturally, Stevens and White are pretty similar. Mm. I feel like there are probably some cousins in between Stevens and White. No doubt. No doubt. We got to keep an eye on that one. That's going to be an absolute, absolute just mountain league, good old boy game of the week. In AA, Athens Academy is off Banks County on the road at George Walton. George Walton uh, struggling. Uh, what do you think about that, Sam? Banks is an eight-point favorite, so they're starting to get some recognition. Dude, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now, if they win that game and they're undefeated when Commerce rolls into Homer, you will think – when, when, when we get to Homer, you'll think that, you'll think that uh, the Queens – Hurst is about to ride through town. Because I mean, it will be absolutely loaded with people in Homer. Yeah, it will. It'll be uh, – they'll have another parade. You know, they had their parade at Labor Day, but they'll get the floats back out for that one. I mean, that is going to be an absolute – it's going to be an absolute music festival out there. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, it is going to be an – I mean, what a scene that's going to be. I cannot wait. I can't wait I, for that. It's going to be like that in Maysville at work. I mean, I, I got Connors customers. I got Banks County customers. Banks County is so funny. In the parking lot. Banks County is so funny, man. I love when they're – I love when this happens. It's my favorite. Um, it, it was kind of like – you remember our freshman year? It was kind of like this. Yeah, yeah. I had a real good running back, and I think they they only lost like one game, and then, you know. You know, we went up there and won by, what, three touchdowns or something? Yeah. They get some hope every once in a while, and hopefully this year it won't be the year they cash it in. Oh, man. If they cash it in, Homer's burning to the ground. I mean, you can forget it. You can absolutely forget it. Union County's playing West Hall, where they are 33-point favorites. West Hall must be just terrible. Yeah, which Union's better. I mean, they're better than they have been. Yeah, seems like it. Single A D two. We got Washington Wilkes and Elbert County. That should be a good game. That might be the East Georgia game of the week. Um, it's uh, newsletter had it as a top ten game in the state this week. Mm, love that. I think it will be. Uh, Towns County is on the road at Coosa, where they are ten point favorite. How about Towns County getting being a double digit favorite? Don't happen often. Class A D one. Top 10. We already talked about number 10. That is Elbert County. They're on the road at Washington Wilkes. Number nine, Darlington County hosting Northwest Whitfield. Uh, Lamar County is at number eight. They're at Jackson, not County, Jackson. Number seven, Whitfield Academy is off this week. They're 4-0. Number six is Brooks County. They're on the road at Bainbridge. That could be low-key a good game. Bainbridge is favored by eight. What do you think, so? Yeah, that, that's another one of the top ten of the week. Uh, Bainbridge won the last game in 19 by one point, 27 to 26. Um, Brooks has been very bold this season in scheduling non-region games, and it's caused them to come out on the losing side of, uh, of one game. But they'll be better for it. And uh, I, I think they've got a good shot here to, to beat a quad-A school this week. Mm. Mm, okay. 
Irwin County is number five. They're on the road at Double A Rock Mart. Rock Mart's number six in Double A. Um, this one should be a good one too, Song. Yeah, uh, some similarities between these schools. Uh, I think over the last five years, both of these teams have averaged over ten wins a, ga- a season. Um, both teams lost rivalry games in week one, but have bounced back and won two straight. Uh, so it's kind of like the pride of Southwest Georgia or South Georgia versus the pride of Northwest Georgia mm-hmm. in the yellow brackets. Uh, 230 miles separate these two schools. May as well be different states. Number four is Blackley County. They're 3-0, and and they're 22-point favorites versus West Lawrence. Number three is Raven County. They are 3-0, and and they are 35-point favorites versus Heard County. On the road at Heard County. Uh, number two is Swainsboro. They're 4-0, and they are 30-point favorites at ECI. A uh, little bit of a Southeast, Southeast Georgia rivalry game there. Uh, an I-16 uh, battle, if you will. What do you think about that one, Song? I think Swainsboro is going to drag ECI. Oh. They are 30-point favorites. I think it'll be like a 28. I mean, I think the spread's about right. God, single A D two is so good. Um, Prince Prince Avenue is a fifteen point favorite at Elka. Uh, two of the best, you know, traditionally best private schools in Georgia. Um, what do you think about that one, Song? Elka leads the series five to one. Yeah, in the last game they played, Prince won thirty eight to zero, and people kind of took that as like maybe this is a change in the guard mm-hmm. in Georgia private high school football. Maybe when you look at real at the smaller private schools, maybe Prince is on top where Elka is taking like a back seat. So, you know, this will be kind of a statement game for both of these schools. Hmm. Keeping them on our radar, uh, Athens Christian in Region 8 D1. Um, they're a seven-point favorite on the road at Providence Christian. You think they cover that song? Yeah, I think so. I think Providence is better than they were, you know, five years ago. But I think Athens Christian might win that one by ten. All right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Commerce and Lincoln County. Familiar foes. Yeah, we got Commerce welcoming in Lincoln County. Uh, Commerce is a three-point favorite at Tiger Field at Ray Lamb Stadium. Uh, wasn't expecting Commerce to be a three-point favorite against Lincoln. Mm. Hey, we'll take that. Uh, of course, Lincoln County Red Devils from Lincolnton, Georgia, a familiar foe uh, for the Commerce faithful. Uh, you and I were talking before the show. We've played them every year the past four years. Uh, you remember, let's see, you remember uh, 19. Right. All right, let me think. 19. We were on the road. That was the playoff game. Yep. That was that was the game where we conceived the idea for this podcast. That is. Uh, then 20. 20. Uh, that, well, that was when they came, they came to our region. So I think we were on the road again. Nope. So 20 we at home? was the game I wasn't there. That was when oh, we won the region title. 100 percent How can it's, I forget that? That was like one of the best games in the last few years. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then last year, 
Yeah, last year we went to Roy Lee's, which was awesome, uh, and the game was not awesome. Yeah, so that was another one where it was like, this could be the region championship, and if we won, we got first, but if we lost, we got fourth. Yep. And they beat us 35 to 6. So we've been in with the Red Devils. We've been in two good games with them the past three years, and we've been in one stinker. Yeah. And the sinker last year was was close for a while, and then like they, it just they ran away with it in the second half. Uh, it was bad, but uh, Lincolnton is where Lincoln County's from. <laughs> Song, you know listen. About the show, you know, we gotta talk about one thing. I need I need to mail something. Tell me where I'm going. You going to three oh eight Augusta area. Three oh eight seven. That's what you're gonna put on that letter. Today. I love it. With a zip code. I love it. Um, Lincoln County is actually celebrating a hundred years of football this year, which is pretty cool. Um, they claim Lincolnton, which is just the predecessor to Lincoln County uh, pre-integration. So Lincolnton started playing football in 1922. Uh, they took a break in 27 and then played all the way through 69. Uh, they won 51% of their game, or excuse me, 59.1% of their games uh, for a record of 229, 155, and 22 ties. Lincolnton was successful. Uh, they had three Class C state titles uh, in between 1960 and 1963. And they had four region titles before uh, they were combined with, I believe, Westside Lincolnton, which was the black school in Lincoln County. Um, Lincoln County, since 1970, uh, has had 53 seasons to present. Uh, they've won 81% of their games. Uh, mind-boggling, the level of success that they've had over the years. Uh, 500 and... 44 wins to 129 losses and five ties, 11 state titles and 33 region titles. Um, current head coach is Lee Chompkins. If you remember last year, uh, it was Coach Chompkins' first year. Uh, he's 17 and 10 at Lincoln County. Before he was at Lincoln, he was down in Vidalia in Onion Country for 13 years. Mm. I think the smell finally wore off of him in his second season. He doesn't smell like onions anymore. Chunk. Uh, <laughs> he's 121 <laughs> wins to 72 losses overall. So Chalkins has been pretty successful. Chunk. I think we saw that last season uh, with Lincoln County. Um, let's see. The series of Commerce Lincoln County, I, I think I said Chalkins was in his second season. I think he's actually in his third season at Lincoln County. Uh, I think I had that tight drawn. Uh, but the series between Commerce and Lincoln County is, is a neat one. And if you remember from last year, I actually got to sit down with Coach Savage and talk about this series. Great episode. Go back and listen. I really enjoyed that interview. Uh, it was just fun to sit down and talk with Coach and kind of let him take over. Uh, because really the rivalry was, it was a rivalry and it was defined by 
Coach Campbell's teams versus Coach Savage's teams. Um, Commerce has won five games, where Lincoln County has won 15. Um, but there have been a lot of really close games, eight one-score games, uh, according to Jeff Brickett. What's that? Dino, you there? I'm here. Oh, I, I thought you said something. Um, talking Red Devils <laughs> football this season, uh, they're two and one. Uh, they started the season off with a close win uh, versus Bryan <laughs> County, 23-20. Then uh, they went across the state lines over McCormick, South Carolina, which Lincoln County views as their oldest and closest rival. Oh, uh, Apparently that rivalry predates the Washington Wilkes. See, I feel I feel like that's a little bit of a of a slant to Washington Wilkes, though. Yeah, which almost uh, makes them a bigger rivalry. It's like when you oh, you're not even really our oldest rival. You're not even our real rival. Yeah, and I feel like McCormick's not very good, so Lincoln just beats up on them all the time. Yeah, uh, but they they did beat up on them this year, twenty seven to six, and that was a game uh, where they were out. They were, they were without two of their best players. Um, Trey Huff had been injured in the Bryan County game along with uh, Franklin Brown, who both of those guys are seniors, and both uh, both of them are really good. Right. Um, then last – or in week three, uh, Lincoln County lost at home, rare home loss for Lincoln County uh, versus ECI, 41-27. to Um as I mentioned, Trey Huff is one of their best players. I think most people around Commerce would probably say he is their best player, especially after that dominating performance he had last season uh, from kind of like a walk-up safety linebacker position. It seemed like every tackle uh, he was leading the charge and then played a good game at quarterback last year too. Hmm. Uh, he was relieved in that uh, McCormick game when he was hurt by freshman quarterback, uh, Mackay Wade, I think is how I'm going to pronounce that. But uh, Your guess is good as mine, Saul. Wade, Wade actually stepped in and did a really good job for a true freshman um, against, against McCormick. Um, versus ECI, he had uh, – or excuse me, this is Trey Huff. He had eight carries, 59 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, we don't know if Franklin Brown's going to be available for the game, but I wanted to mention him as a key player. Um, in his stead has been junior running back Samaj Jenkins, number four on the field. Uh, he's had 34 carries this season, 248 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, he's their leading back right now. And then on defense, um, when you're not talking about Trey Huff, you're talking about freshman middle linebacker Christian Kreit, number 13. He's leading the team in tackles right now with 35. So uh, Lincoln County has a little bit of youth on the field, but they also have a lot of uh, senior leadership. We know uh, Trey Huff is going to be big for them Friday night. Um, Dino, you got any thoughts about the ball game? No. Um... Three point favorite, Commerce three point favorite. Is that right? Yeah. What do you think about that, Saul? 
I think I think Converse might have a deeper roster this year than Lincoln. I think what Converse is going to struggle with is can we limit the turnovers? I, um, against Murphy, we didn't we didn't have very many turnovers. We didn't have very many penalties, uh, and we played a good team and we played you know a close game. Same with Southside Christian. But when we turned the ball over against Hebrew, like it almost completely put us out of that game. Uh, I think Lincoln County has the firepower offensively. If we turn the ball over two or three times, we're not going to be able to mount a comeback. Do you think that this may be the fastest game in the state tomorrow night? I think so. We'll probably be out of there by 9.30. Uh, and we'll get to enjoy halftime. Like, I mean, it, it'll be a quick game. I think so, too. Should we uh, – what do you got? Anything else? Should we do predictions? I don't like predictions, man. This year uh, – this, like this year predictions are tough. I mean, they're both coming off a of bye week, so you got to think some of the guys from Lincoln will be back that have been yeah. banged up. I think Lincoln Lincoln will bring their best. I think they they just like Commerce. Commerce wants to beat Lincoln. Lincoln wants to beat Commerce. Um, I think that we'll be. I think we'll be ready. I think the bye weeks probably done Commerce a lot of good. Um, I say final score: Commerce twenty one. Mm-hmm. Lincoln, mm, 15. I'm going to go Commerce, 21 to 20. I thought about it. I thought about that one right there. I thought that's what you were going to go with. I was like, he's about to steal my score. <laughs> but I also thought about Lincoln, 22 to 21. Yeah, because I think Lincoln will probably go for two. I think they will, too. Um, at least once. I think so, too. I I don't know. It just depends on how many touchdowns are scored. I think the possessions will be limited. It'll probably be a five or six possession per team game, similar to Murphy. Um, So that's why I chose a lower score. I hope so. Uh, The Hebron game, that was was a lot. That was a lot lot going on. I was tired. I was tired after the first quarter. It it was a long game, too. We didn't get out of there like 1030, it felt like. It was real late. Um, I think Converse will be physical against Lincoln. I, I think our defense will look good. I think uh, our secondary will play well. I, you know, our secondary has really emerged as a strength for the Tigers. Um, Cohen Thomason, Caleb Lovin, uh, those guys back there playing safety. And then you got Morris and uh, Jakari Huff shutting things down on the corners. Um We've also had Mac Mullis come in and play like a rover. And all those guys have done really well in coverage. We're going to have to play solid fundamental football, though. And and like Murphy, I think that sometimes we struggle with that. Um, I think our front four is going to have to be really disciplined. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be able to jump off sides. Uh, we're going to have to read our keys and follow the keys. Like when you're playing a team that runs the wing tee, 
you got to read that lineman in front of you because you can't just watch the ball because you might misdirection's a huge thing in the AT. So you'll look up and the ball, the play's going the other way and you're, you're out of position. Uh, gonna have to keep contained, force things inside. Offensively, we've got to, we've got to just whoop the guy in front of us. And I, I think if you give our backs a hole, we won't have any problem finding the end zone. Um, we got four really good backs, Allen, Wiggins, Huff, and Daniels. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking about from Converse. I just, I don't know. I don't know how Lincoln's going to look. I think it might be one or lost in the trenches song. I think it might be it some trench, is. some trench warfare is. out there. Um, no, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to another night of uh, high school football in Ray Lamb Stadium. Looking forward to seeing all you f- fine folks there that have stayed this long. We uh, we owe it. We owe it to the listeners next week to be back in person, better than ever. And I can assure you that if Banks County's four and zero, next week could be an, a must listen. It could be the pinnacle of the Potluck Podcast. Get fired up. I'll see you tomorrow, Son. It's been a pleasure. Yes, sir. We'll see you then. Go Tigers.